so I have this problem where I get RF uh, interference sometimes. Uh-huh. Like every few months, we'll go to record and I'll have random RF interference and it, just this buzz in the recording of, of the episode. And this time... It's happened, which is random. And often, but you I, just told Roger Federer to go home. Like, just I, go I know there's, home. I know the tennis season is postponed, but just go home. Just go home. Um, yeah. The uh, the approach I'm trying right now, and the reason I figured I would call you and start the call while I'm doing it because it's so stupid, is I'm uh. going to try and wrap the microphone in aluminum foil and see if that stops it. Oh, that's what I'm hearing is the foil. Yeah. So this is this is an experiment. By the way, I'm also recording from a different wall than previously okay so that might also add more logistical we have no idea what this is going to sound like i did a little test recording sounded okay but you know test recordings know. is how you find out about things about like weird buzzes all right so i'm gonna turn my headphones way up so i can hear my own buzz actually you know what if you want to hear the buzz so you probably uh-huh. can't hear it right now it's probably no. getting filtered out by yeah. skype by like skype low quality but if i skype. stick this microphone closer more and more this way you'll probably hear it oh yeah mm-hmm. yep Oh yeah. Hear that buzz yeah. now? Yep. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I'm gonna try the aluminum. <laughs> this is like some sound effects you would have on a movie of like someone breaking everything. I don't think it helped. <laughs> maybe I need maybe I need more aluminum. <laughs> Just add more foil. <laughs> Keep adding foil. I'll tell you when to stop. Oh, I wish you could hear what this sounded like. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> I'm going to say it sounds the same. Oh, my God. Okay, but I have Amazing. one last trick up my sleeve, which yeah. is that I, ha- I I may be getting delusional, but okay. I sort of feel like it's coming from a certain section of the wall. You might. Okay. So I do, I'm gonna I, why don't you wrap the, the tinfoil around your head? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like, wait a minute, maybe I should make a hat. <laughs> yeah, make a tinfoil hat so that the signals don't get to your brain. They'll do damage. They'll, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. taping it up. Yeah, gotta be careful. Okay, I've done it. I'm gonna go and say it's made absolutely no difference. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, I'm glad I tried. Cause I'm glad you tried too. Otherwise I would wonder. Extremely amusing for me. <laughs> I just want good sound quality for the factors. To all the factors out there, I mean, you and I have not talked in a while, and we certainly haven't been on a podcast in a while. We haven't talked in quite some time. There's been things going on, although I have heard your voice, you and Jesse Char, entertaining me was delightful. That was a lot. Yeah, I just want to say thank you again to Jesse, who just did a wonderful job filling in. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, thank you. You... You made Alan's paternity leave possible. Yeah, because if I, if we didn't have Jesse able to fill in, we would just have to had canceled the whole baby thing. Like I would forever. Like sorry, yeah, I, I mean, just be like, sorry, sorry, I just need to be on a podcast. I can't yeah. be a parent right now. <laughs> I just, I just can't right now. Cause just hold him in. Yeah, just, to, just for another few weeks so we can get just, another episode. Just a, a little while. We'll just record, then we'll do it. We'll fit him in, in between. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations officially. Thank you. It's um, this is a is this a fun fact? Fun fact. It's a strange time to have a newborn. Yeah, yeah. It's a very strange I mean, time. I you know, my son is now six months old. He just uh, ate his first solid food. On oh, Monday. okay, that's fun. I like that. That time. is fun. Fun fact. 
it makes a mess. Oh, so much mess. And initially you're <laughs> like, how can I deal with this much mess over and over again? But eventually you give up. It's just well, <laughs> you just, just <laughs> let it calcify on the floor yes. and it just <laughs> accretes. But yeah, no, I can imagine that this would be a very weird time for a newborn. For a 6-month-old it's it's pretty chill cuz he doesn't it's just good for him cuz everyone's around all the time. Yeah, both parents are around and he, loves it. he doesn't have expectations at all about what normalcy looks like because no. he's six months old. So Yeah, everything's you know, nothing's normal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas for yeah, for us it was like so without getting super too deep into parent stuff, but it's kind of like a um unusual story. Uh we have a three year old uh here at home and then now have a newborn and in the um you know, he's home and happy now which is great and which a good preface great. for the story and makes me very happy obviously uh yes. but uh, he and me yes it makes every, everybody very happy everybody's happy we're all very happy right now but uh three weeks ago he was born uh and had to stay in the hospital in the NICU um so that was uh you know always not fun but our daughter our older daughter had the same thing in that she had to stay in the NICU for a while so we're used to that part like we totally know how the hospital works and how the shifts changes and how to you know go and getting updates from the doctors and stuff like that seemed really normal and comfortable the non-normal and comfortable part is like the oh and I now as of this morning you can't visit anymore yeah 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 so my son has his shots on Friday second round of shots and only one of us can go yeah um, so, so I, again, without getting too deep into your family, personal family history, we did talk about the Billy Rubens on previous episodes of the podcast and my son, my son had some Billy Rubin issues. Yeah. He had the high Billy Rubin and then needed the phototherapy. Did he end we up did, needing yeah. that? Yeah. And so, well, that's we did the, it. We, we just did it like, uh, old school, you know, we put him in spots of sunlight. Yeah. And then that helps the Billy Rubin, Billy Rubin for, you know, for those who don't remember, who don't, who haven't memorized every episode of our podcast. <laughs> And all of the obscure terms that we bring up, yeah. <laughs> bilirubin is something that stays in the bloodstream when blood breaks down, when red blood cells break down. And over certain levels, it's dangerous to the baby, uh, to their uh, their nervous system, actually. So it's something that uh, is pretty common when babies are first born, that they have high bilirubin and they need to have phototherapy. You get uh, lights, either sometimes just sunlight or you need to have actual um, they put like these blue lights on the baby, uh, which yeah, we came close, but we just stayed underneath there and then, and then it resolved. Yeah. So. There's a certain, so typically for babies when they're born, um, they, their blood cells kind of like turn over at a high rate and their body isn't very good at processing the bilirubin out of the, the system. So they watch for the first few days and they might need a few days of this phototherapy in order to be well enough to go home. In our case, we had the uh, interesting distinction of being one of the only modern cases. Uh, or oh, that's like, always that's always good. That's always good. Yeah, that's one what you the, want. This is a thing that we there's a, there's a thing there's a um, a blood type incompatibility thing, which is pretty common. It's basically just like I have positive, uh, like A positive. My wife has A negative, and so in between the two of us together, that uh, means that the baby can have a different blood type than mom, which is normal and fine and happens a lot and that since the 60s they've had a way to like kind of manage that and make sure that it doesn't become a problem but in our like you know quite unusual today in modern medicine uh circumstance something slipped through the cracks and didn't quite line up the way it was supposed to and then now you have a baby that has incompatible blood antibodies in their system slowly breaking down their blood uh which as you can imagine is not an ideal state for a newborn baby not ideal no. I'm going to go on a limb and say not ideal. 
not as far as as far as things now to be like silver lining there's so many health things that can happen to anyone it can happen to a kid that you you know if your child has some health complication that's such a huge emotional thing and to have something like this where it will cure itself like it's the it's the mother's antibodies that are kind of left over from birth and they will eventually kind of over the first few months of the baby's life they just kind of like clear out and then it stops being an issue there is something nice about that in that as far as we know there's no long-term you know, we were lucky uh in that it was like you know moderate severity and so it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there's any like long-term consequences it's just a short-term consequences like hey the baby had to be under these like blue lights for like multiple weeks uh and then has this anemia this basically there's still he has fewer red blood cells and so we need needs to be on watch for that and some transfusions to make sure that he has enough but being in like a modern medical system they're like yeah we can totally handle that don't worry about it and they've been very like i mean i feel very lucky to have the support that we've had at the hospital but it's still like you don't really want to be in a hospital during a you know the situation that we have in the world today no, um no. and you don't want to have be told oh well don't worry just bring him back to the hospital every couple of weeks and it'll be fine and it's like mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. on the other hand you know I, I i think your daughter will join me in saying fun fact he's cute as a button he is cute. My daughter specifically, uh, well, she's maybe not surprisingly uh, slowly increasing the number of different nicknames and ridiculous <laughs> phrases that she refers to him as. I'm very here for that. Yeah, it's it's quite, it's very much her thing right now. Uh, but she wants to make sure that everyone knows that uh, he's a cutie baby with huge cheeky chocks. It's uh, <laughs> a three-year-old's interpretation. I mean, his chocks are cheeky. I'm not going to. Pretty cheeky. I've seen photos, folks, and those chocks are cheeky. I mean, he yeah. is he is a cutie. He's a patootie. He is <laughs> all the uh, things. He's all the things. And we're just yeah. so happy for you. Yeah. But the funny thing is, like, initially, I'm like, why does she just keep asking if he's cute and is so cute? But then I think about, like, how do I react when something is really, really cute? Like, like you see a tiny are cute Are you so cute? You're you're like, the oh, cute. Are you the cute? Yes. Cute that's are what, you the cutest? Oh, doing. you're so cute. Like, she has the same instinct and that we do. And you're the one who, who she talks to. Yeah, I think it's partially observation, but I think there's like something instinctual about seeing a cute thing. It has this weird physiological, oh, yeah, this oxytocin in your body. You want to just like ask dumb questions of it. I mean, I just want (laughs) to who's a good boy? I just like to slowly chew on the chalky cheeks of my son. I know, right? You just want to bite him. I don't bite him because that would hurt him, but I just sort of like, you know, no teeth eat his cheeks. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. justify based on the fact that he's currently teething and, and eats my hand a lot. Well, yeah. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this is fair play, but he loves it. He just starts giggling and he's, he's very happy with it. So I don't know. I'm going to keep doing it till he, till he makes me stuff. Babies love that stuff. You know what else babies love? Huh? Facts. I, I don't know if babies love facts. <laughs> In newborn babies. <laughs> Cause I've been telling, telling my, my son, Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of facts. Lots of facts. And, you know, he hasn't said anything yet, but I think he likes it. I, are they landing? I feel like my four-year-old niece loves facts. Yeah, and but... my three-year-old definitely. She loves facts. Yeah, that's good. That's cute. So, yeah. okay, so, you know, the world's a crazy place right now. And I'm, I have a fun fact about the sort of one of the last times that that was true. Okay. Fun fact, the word quarantine originated during the Black Death. Okay, that's not surprising. Not that shocking, seems, right? Seems reasonable. Makes seems sense. Likely. Right. Yeah, I right. can see why they would have tried that. Right. But so the word quarantine, which is, you know, we're back on possibly my favorite quarter, corner. 
the corner. Let's figure out how why how a word came to be what it was. And Arik isn't sure, but we're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure of this one. Oh, great. <laughs> Nobody is, really knows corner. Yeah, okay, this isn't no, unknown this is, this etymology is known. corner. This is mostly known. I will say you're you're calling me out because there is one thing in here where I'm like nobody knows why this, but for the most Anything part, you research the will. If you you haven't researched enough, if you haven't hit the part where, and no one really knows exactly this part, that is so true. So quarantine comes from the word quarantena, okay, which means forty days, okay, in fifteenth century Venetian. Okay, yeah. Which is a language. I don't sure. know that it was a language. Did you know that it was a language? Um, it's, it's a cromulent. It's a cromulent <laughs> language. You said there was a language that in the 14th century Venetian was a language. I know that like Italy is only a fairly recent it is, concept, that's true. right? Like yeah. it used to be kind of city states. There were a lot of countries, the yeah. The, the Republic of Venice was definitely one of them. But Ven- Venetian is still spoken today. It's, 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 it's similar to Italian. And most speakers of Venetian are diaglossic. In other sure. words, they they use both that and Italian. But it is a uh, mutually unintelligible, more than a dialect, separate language. So anyway, a quarantina was the period that all ships were required to be isolated before passengers and crew could go ashore. Ah, on the theory that they've come from somewhere else that might have either the plague or right. some other that's bad a, thing. That's exactly right. Now, what what's maybe... What's also interesting is that quarantina was developed as an extension of an earlier term. Okay. Which was a trentine. Can you guess what a trentine was? 30-day isolation? It was a 30-day isolation period. Right. Right. And that came from a place called the Republic of Ragusa, which was a country centered on King's Landing from Game of Thrones. Right. They basically they'd seen Game of Thrones and they thought... That would make a really good country, and so they just made Ragusa. <laughs> no, it's just it. It's modern day Dubrovnik, Croatia, where they filmed. Ah, uh, right. Okay. So yeah. I had never heard of the Republic of Ragusa before, but it lasted for four hundred and fifty years. There's so much history. I know, and it's crazy to me how many examples there are of countries like that that you, me, and probably all of our listeners, or most of them, have never heard of that lasted for way longer than the countries we live in. I bet you that if you were the king of Ragusa, yeah. and it was like, it had it was been 450 a, it was a, it was a years, duke, but that's fine. the duke or duchess of Ragusa, yeah. and 450 years in, and it's like the sun is setting on your, your civilization yeah. or your empire or whatever, yeah. I bet you would think, well, at least our our empire or our, our republic existed for 450 years. People will always know People of it. People will never forget the Republic of Ragusa, that it existed. And I'm like, that sounds like a made-up thing. Yeah, and then I think about how permanent America seems, and it's only been around for 244 years. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Mm. a a document from 1377 in Ragusa says that before entering the city-state, newcomers had to spend 30 days, or a trentine, in a restricted place so that they could see if any symptoms would arise. And that was usually a nearby island. Dubrovnik is on the coast of Croatia. Sure, that's a good place to have a... It's true. Play yeah. quarantine, yeah. So the, the practice spread across Europe, but for reasons that are unclear to me, it was eventually extended in 1448 by the Venetian Senate to 40 days. And while we don't know why, it is interesting to note that modern estimates are that it took 37 days for the bubonic plague to like run its course from infection to oh. death. So they actually figured that out, it seems They like. did, and 40 days would have been a very, very good amount of time in order to determine whether or not someone was safe to enter your city. Those Romans, like, you know, they had their problems, but they figured, like, a surprising amount of <laughs> well, stuff out. These were Venetians. I don't want to get any hate mail from, uh, you know, 
people those, people of Venetian those descent. Those historical peoples on the <laughs> peninsula and currently referred to as the Italian <laughs> That's right. state. The by the way, the Republic of Ragusa was in eighteen oh eight was absorbed into Napoleon's Kingdom of Italy. Then it joined the Austri Austro Hungarian Empire, which lasted until nineteen eighteen, and then it and then it became part of modern day Croatia. I would like to visit Croatia. I have visited Croatia, and I definitely recommend it. It's an absolutely beautiful place. Also, by the way, sub-fun fact. While I was researching this, I discovered that there is a guidance for how to be careful and thoughtful about when human rights can be restricted if you want to prevent the spread of infectious diseases. Like a like a United Nations guideline or something? Yeah, it was adopted by the UN in 1984. And, uh, and you and I have a friend in common... That, that that I was immediately thought of because it is called the Syracusa principles. Ah, now, excellent. Comes from Syracuse, which is another sure one of those uh, maybe Romans, <laughs> but not actually. <laughs> but not actually. <laughs> so yeah, so, I expected this. You're like, okay, I'm going to have a plague fact. And I'm like, yeah. oh great, like, you know, that's what I need right now. Yeah. But the fact that kind of the moral of that story seemed to be that there's a long-standing. Uh, kind of, it's been well known and and used effectively. The the approach of uh, quarantining and yeah. distancing. It's it's yeah. like a it's a well established tech. And yeah, they 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 built places called lazarettas, named after Lazarus, mm-hmm. and uh, and they were used for all kinds of things over the years, from from the Black Plague to leprosy to any number of things. It's just a it's a it's a time time honored tradition. Yeah, low tech gets the job done. Yeah. Having said that, I think we're going to leave the realm of anything similar to modern life now, right? Yeah, let's go into just like the facts that are the kind of facts that we would have done before March 2020 and uh, just enjoy that for a little while. Yeah. Is that, yeah, is that yeah, okay yeah. with you? That sounds that sounds good to me. That, that sounds yeah. great. Okay, so I have a fact. Okay, it's a little bit, It's it came up for the reasons of the fact that I've been home a lot. Okay, <laughs> I, I thought we were leaving this zone, Alan. You just promised all the well, fun Well, okay, factors. okay, we're, we're going to leave this zone, but I'm just kind of pointing out that, that this fact may be particularly useful to people because ah, it's like okay. eating well at home is okay. the is the Go to WikiHow and look up how to just eat. Just type how to eat well, and then the we- a weird, creepy graphic. How to eat well. Oh, how to eat well. We're getting fancy. I just put in how to eat. It's just a picture of someone <laughs> shoving food in their mouth. Okay. Can you link that, please, in the show notes? Okay. So I've been eating a lot of grains and shelf food. Shel- um, shelf food? Yeah. Like, sh- like not like refrigerated food is fresh. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. More I like you said shell food. And I was like, what is a shell food? Shelf food. Yeah, no, that makes more sense. Processed food. Um, and paying a little more attention to what that is because I'm eating more, it more. So it matters more if I'm eating cereal a couple times a week, than the fact that it's like frosted mini wheat sugar bombs or whatever, it doesn't really matter that much. But if I'm eating cereal, you know, seven to 15 times a week, (laughs) then it needs to probably be a little bit better. Right. That makes sense. Uh, I'm not, I'm not encouraging anyone to do that. I'm just saying if you were to do that, yeah. for example. So, uh, fun fact. Okay. The term multigrain means basically nothing. Oh, man. So we're back on uh, Alan discovers how we're being lied to by marketers corner. Yes, specifically on food labels. I love this. I love this, this is, corner. This is my you just you 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 do the you know, you do the, the Lord's work, as they say, because now whenever I see this cold medicine, I'm just like, nope. The thing is that 
there are certain rules yeah. that they set about how you can advertise products. Yeah. And like the, when there is a rule, they'll all follow that rule. When there's no rule, it's just complete wild west. There isn't like a middle ground of like, yeah, you know, like just try and be be good. Don't be weird about all the health just stuff. Just be cool about it. Don't be don't be weird about it. <laughs> don't be weird about it. Would be the is the basis of like a lot of good life advice, but uh-huh. but not yeah. a lot, not a lot of useful laws. No. So multigrain. What does it mean? It means that there's more than one grain. Okay, that makes sense. That's what I thought it meant. Yeah. Right. Which which no one's surprised by that definition. No. But when I see, I go and I'm looking. at, Okay, there's some different breads I can get. I can. It's like okay, well, do I want white bread or do I want multigrain bread? And it's like well, obviously multigrain. I well, I know that it's good. <laughs> I mean, for yeah. You. Come on. To mm-hmm. to have the, the the grain, the good grain, right? It's like you want the, all the grains. You want the grains, right? Um, so that doesn't actually say anything about them being whole grains, and that's the oh. like it's ninety percent of the same. It really it like codes in your brain as whole grain, mm. which is what's actually good for you. Which is mm-hmm. because like a little background on that is like there's each grain like wheat is the most common grain that most of us eat as a percentage but um we especially when you refine it you can take a lot of the the good for you parts, yeah you wash all the good parts off right? uh-huh. and then you get now. basically this dust this like bleached white flour that is kind of like you know tasty but doesn't really have much to it anymore and that is really bad for you if you eat lots of it and mm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you look at the canada food guide or the u.s equivalents they all talk about eating whole grains and we how talked about this with the scurvy stuff didn't we we talked about this with scurvy and we've yeah. talked a couple times about how whole grains are really good but then it goes into your brain it's like oh i should eat whole grains and i'm comparing which bread to buy or whatever or which cereal to buy and then you see on the and box, there's so many grains there's so many grains it's like multi-grain that's got, whole has to be one of the grains yeah i mean how many grains are there it's got to <laughs> right. be in there right so but uh, apparently it totally doesn't need to be a whole grain oh. multi-grain just means it could just be wonder bread with a single oat on top one oat well it, like that's a grain and yeah there's like no... i'm not saying that they're selling one single bread oat. with a single oat but like it's technically it's multi-grain Wait, so if you if you get a if you get that loaf is does the person who finds the oat get it like they <laughs> you get the... a prize and yeah, you, can you mail get it the in. prize <laughs> you found the, mo- the oat you found Hunt the oat, oat. Um, no, then you get like a dishware, right? Yeah, I think I think you get some kind of commemorative dishware. Yeah, so like the the brands that you see, like five grain, seven grain, twelve grain. Apparently, Wonder Bread at one point had an eighteen grain variant. Yeah, I remember that. It was that. still a mostly white bread. Really? I remember the eighteen <laughs> grains. I was a lot of grains. Yeah, it would buy like the ingredients were like white flour, like the yeah. flour you don't want. Yeah, water. Water. Water's a and grain. No. Oh, okay. the, isn't the list of, oh, you said the ingredients. I thought you said yeah. the grains. I was like, water is a grain. That that would be a whole other fact. <laughs> Fun fact, water is a grain. Yeah. Um, wa- so it was a whole, it was white flour, okay. water, yeah. and then this like blend of grains of, of various varieties uh-huh. that made it supposedly 18 grains, 18 but they grains. didn't, like that wasn't the majority of the thing. Uh, and it also, by oh. definition, just to be multigrain, to have 18 grains, it still doesn't have to be whole grains. The majority of the thing was just uh, non-whole white uh, wheat. And they did, in the case of the Wonder Bread 18 grain, they did actually have some whole grains in that dust that they right. kind of like filled it in with. But right. it didn't have to be, doesn't have to be the majority whole. It doesn't have yeah. to be any whole in order for it to be 18 grains. This is the thing that I never occurred to me either as part of this. And maybe you're going to get into this. But the idea that you're saying that not only... Is multigrain bread 
not not have to be whole grain, but multi-grain does not specify what percentage from each grain there is. Like you said, there could be one oat on there. Like you could you could say something has 18 grains and 17 of them could be like making up 1% of the surface of the bread. Yeah, and like how different are they from each other and are and are they all better than normal wheat? Yeah, are any of them healthy? Right? Yeah. So like the list of the of the Wonder Bread one was uh, of the 18 grains, I believe this is 18. Uh, I've encountered them. Uh, refined okay, wheat. I'll check. Yeah. Triticale. Yeah. Which I'd never heard of before. Apparently, it's it's a uh, genetic blend in between wheat and rye, so it just gives you an extra grain. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so refined wheat, triticale, which is basically wheat and and rye. Yeah. Uh, Coruscant wheat, so another kind of wheat. Okay. Brown rice, which okay. I don't know if it's better for you than wheat. Oat, spelt. Rye, which is already kind of in there because it's a blend. Sure. Barley, flax, millet, sorghum, soy, quinoa, cornmeal, which I'm pretty sure isn't better for you than wheat. Oat hull, which is a different kind of oat. And then whole wheat was the last one. That's only 16. We're missing a couple grains. Yeah. So they're not, only, not only are none of those really that healthy, but they're lying about how many grains they have. They they had a couple things on there that didn't seem to me like grains. Oh, but maybe like, those are grains. I, I mean, maybe <laughs> tryptocycocetaphenylene is definitely a grain, right? <laughs> yeah, I I guess they maybe are counting. Maybe they're counting whole wheat and white wheat. As no, for sure they two are. Different. Yeah. No, no, for sure they are. But that's they only seven. Soy lecithin on there, which I'm pretty sure is soy lecithin. Is is that a grain? I'm pretty sure it's monosodium glutamate. Soy lecithin. The sin is a fatty compound found in animal and plant tissues. And that's oh, just okay. lecithin. Soy lecithin, that's a hard thing to say. Soy lecithin comes from soybeans. So I don't see how that's a grain. Yeah. Well, I think soy is a grain. Anyway. It, oh, and then there's canola oil, which is canola is a grain. And so maybe the fact that there's canola oil. Yeah, in I think that has to be oil in the bread. Soy might be a grain, <laughs> but soybeans are not a grain. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Okay. In any case, my point regardless of the exact accounting of the 18 grains, which we all knew well, Wonder Bread is going to be pretty creative about getting to 18. We also knew I was going to count it, right? Like we all knew yes. that was going to happen. The point of all that is that the the fact that it's multigrain doesn't tell you anything about nothing. how good it is for you. Yeah, other than probably, like the person who's making this and marketing this knows that if you're buying it, you wish it was healthier. Yeah, that's it what they're doing. It doesn't tell you that it's healthier. They're at all. trying to convince you that something they want to sell you is healthier because they know that's what you want. Yeah. And sometimes, and that's not to say all things that are multigrain are not healthy. Like there are things that are multigrain whole wheat or multigrain whole grain. All of them could be healthy grains. For sure. Yeah. But the fact that it's multigrain tells you way less than the fact that it's whole grain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So watch out for that. Um, and if you're not, and if you see something, you're just like not entirely sure. Or if it says another common problem is it'll say made with whole wheat, but that doesn't mean all the wheat that goes into it is whole. What? So the idea here is that they include some amount of whole wheat they have to include so they can claim that. And then that's the maximum they probably include, but you don't know. Yeah. It's like the, if you have candy, it's huh. like made with real fruit juice, but it's like. Oh yeah. But then you look at it and it's like 1% fruit juice. Yeah. It's mostly just like sugar. And, and do you remember those ads where it was like for some company that made a hundred percent fruit juice and they had like, uh, they were like, it's not, you don't have 10% kid. <laughs> no, <I don't>. <laughs> <laughs> it just showed like the feet of a kid. <laughs> I don't remember uh, who that was. Anyone out there, if you remember what ad that was, please tweet at us at FenFactFM on Twitter. Yeah, and so that's why you see sometimes it'll be like bread that'll say 100% whole wheat because some of it. Right, because then they're letting you know. Wheat. Yeah, as opposed to some of them, it's just like 
20% or 40% or I've seen them labeled actually as 60% whole wheat, okay. um, which is actually still pretty good. That's pretty um, good. Anything over 50 seems like a win. It's majority. Yeah. And yeah. then like, so the simple things to do, the, uh, the simple things to do are either a look at the ingredient list. If the first ingredient is whole something, whole wheat, whole Yeah. And whatever, not sugar. Yeah, or just or refined whatever, then right. you're pretty good. Or if you're still not sure, or it's harder to check for some reason, uh, just like does it, if it has a bunch of fiber in it, like if it has four six grams of fiber per serving, it probably has whole wheat in it as opposed to it just okay. being uh-huh. refined. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's really useful. I guess the, all of these kind of well, with the cold medicine one, I feel like it was even more intentionally misleading. But with this one, the bottom line, it feels like what you're saying is fun fact. You should read the ingredients of things you buy that you're going to eat. That's true in theory, but in in the real world, we're not going to read all the ingredients of all the things we buy. And so we, we're looking and we're tired and maybe we have a couple kids. And ah, maybe so you, we're, it's clues. You're looking for clues. You're looking for clues, right? And you're like, okay, there's three options of a thing. Which thing do I want? Well, I guess I want the multigrain one, right? And just you, you, we use certain signals the way that we used to use like uh, low fat. Like we, there was a time where oh yeah things were suddenly low fat and, and we were, low we fat. were using that as a shortcut as like hey this is healthier for me but actually it was just huge amounts of sugar which is even worse in a lot of cases so just learning which shortcuts are more or less likely to lead you in the right direction is still useful even though the list of ingredients like in an ideal world you can just see whole wheat and you're or like hundred percent whole wheat or it is whole wheat or whatever um, or and like checking number amount of fiber is also pretty good because like that's part of why you care. Um, the reason we care about whole wheat and whole grains is that it has fiber, uh, which has a whole bunch of benefits, and then all, more vitamins and, and vitamins that are actually in the original ingredient as opposed to, like, I'm sure if we want to get into enriched flour, but, like, when they bleach the crap and, like, destroy almost all value from white <laughs> flour, then, like, they're, in a lot of cases, they then enrich the flour with some of those same vitamins again, but, like, um, artificially, which is... You know, not to get into the chemistry of like, is that as beneficial as the original? Right, but it's vitamins, not. But right, I've I've heard it's not. Is that? Yeah, there, I think my my sense is the most evidence is that it's not, but I haven't properly researched the exact reasons. Yeah, maybe for we that. could do that for a f- future follow up fact. Yeah. But the moral of all this story is just uh, whole wheat is a thing. Multigrain is not a thing. <laughs> yeah, everyone out there, let's let's buy up all the whole grain stuff or buy the multigrain if that's what you want. Just know that's what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that was that was very helpful. So I've been I've been eating a bunch of like, been eating like a bunch whole of grain stuff. whole grains. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to check all of my bread now to see if I have whole grain or multi grain. I eat a lot of pasta, and I uh, may have started making pasta for our is daughters. It, is it one pasta or pasta? Uh, it's pasta because I'm Canadian. I think pasta is like the actual way you're supposed to say it. I have no idea, but we definitely say pasta here. I think Syracuse would say pasta. <laughs> <laughs> I think Syracuse would say pasta. But I've been eating a lot of pasta. So we I made an experiment was like, can I get myself to tolerate whole wheat pasta? Uh and my daughter, and because she's three and she like one of pasta's one of the only things she'll eat. And it was uh, rough for the first while, but now it's also like, she had like you enough. converted her to, to whole wheat pasta. Yeah. And so we that's wow. one of the things like that's when impressive. it's yeah, and she's young enough that you can kind of there's certain things that she'll notice and certain things she doesn't, and she didn't notice that change, and so we just kind of like slipped it in there, wow. and now I'm pretty happy to snuck in the whole wheat pasta. Yeah, and I don't like it as much, so no, I don't. It's not as I good. make a smaller portion, but then I'm eating less pasta. <laughs> That's right? also it's, good. It's kind of just a win, and yeah. like it's a little bit like a foodie, like a Nevin Morgan person, or I'm sure John Syracuse would be like like 
quite disdainful of the idea of purposely making food that you don't like as much because then you'll eat less of it. Yeah, I feel like they're not fans of that idea. But when it's a carb bomb, and I still quite like it anyway, yeah. the way that we make it, yeah. um, then I think it's... We have very little pasta at my house because my wife can't really eat it, but I love it and miss it. So I I, I feel your... I don't know if she, I don't know if whole grain. We sometimes do the zucchini pasta, which is not pasta. Yeah, but it, it is good, but it's not pasta. Yeah, so, it's immediate. Like I'm the sauce and cheese can. Yeah, yeah. whatever. But then you yeah. don't eat cheese. I don't eat cheese. Yeah, it's a mess. My house is a mess. So, <laughs> so uh, I I have a I I don't know if this fact is related. You could tell me. Yeah, please. Fun fact: there is a bird in Africa that guides humans to bees nests to help find honey. I'm thinking of the related. <laughs> mm, I'm gonna so. say not related. I'm gonna but say cool. Not, not related. So they but cool. They did they train the bird or did they just do this already in a fate? No. A so so here's the deal. So they're called the Honey Guide, which is I think a very excellent. That's a great name. An accurate bird. name for them. Yeah. And what they will do is they'll they'll like flutter in front of people and start tweeting. Uh, you know. Probably all kinds of nonsense. Just like, uh, yeah, just, like offensive stuff. Just offensive, memes. awful fake news and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they and then they fly from tree to tree and they lead people to the bees nests that are hidden in like hollow trunks. Okay. And the reason they do this is because once the humans have taken the honey, which is what the people want, the birds eat the discarded beeswax, which is their favorite oh, food. Okay. So it's like a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And and they will even listen for humans to call for them. So like it's like they trained us. Yeah, so they 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 learn the various calls of different groups and yeah and and they trained us. No one knows which one came first because experts believe that this particular partnership probably goes back as much as 1.9 million years. Holy crap. Yeah. So that's huh. that that's a long time. I didn't know we had like non-domesticated symbiotic animals like obviously cats and dogs and like livestock exist kind of as a consequence of human, right? But we bred them, right? I mean, yeah, we, you know, they wanted food. They wanted food, and then they got they came to the campsite, and then you know. But these birds are saying they're camp. not captive. We are not involved in like they don't live with people. No, and what's even crazier is that they don't even raise their own young. Mm, okay. These are crafty birds. Yeah, they're one of these bird species that lay their eggs in the nests of other birds, oh. and then the other birds raise them as their own. And the bird's like, "Oh, I thought I had four eggs. Okay, well, we got five. I mean, right, five, yeah, five, sure. whatever, four, okay. five. I mean, what's the difference? I'm feeding them anyway. Keep them warm. No one knows how these birds learn to become honey guides. My my instinct, yeah, as an evolutionary biologist PhD. <laughs> <laughs> do you have that <laughs> not even a little bit i haven't even taken a single i can't believe you didn't bring that up until now <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe that's a th- my new thing is i just like start slapping on phds um the my instinct would be that there's some other animal before humans yeah. uh or or maybe even was humans but that like humans or another animal were rooting out these nests and then the birds would then benefit so then the birds started trying to motivate the behavior oh yeah i would presume that as well that they noticed that that this was a good way for them to get this and then they sort of but now it's like built into their you know they got DNA calls for or everything. whatever yeah so what's what's where it gets a little bit creepy is the whole parasite brood parasite stuff like you were talking about so they'll because they'll they'll go to other birds nests and they'll just lay one of their eggs in like a bunch of different nests okay but but Sometimes they they'll just like kick one of the actual birds' eggs out, oh, yeah, which is pretty pretty unpleasant. 
Really? Yeah. And like, obviously, evolutionarily, you can see why they would start doing that. Yeah. But it's in, yeah. Hmm. Not my favorite fact. Yeah. So yeah. they're kind of jerks, which yeah, we knew already jerks. from their behavior on Twitter. But but they're helpful. Yeah. They're helpful. Yeah. 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 So hmm. if you ever, if you're ever in Africa or parts of Asia and you need honey, I guess go looking for these birds. They're they're not particularly like brightly colored, so they might be a little hard to find. But uh, yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, I have also a fact with no segue that I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone should cut us some slack. We we haven't done this in a while. We're we're getting back into it, but yeah. I think th- this fact is one of those like it's a pretty arecky fact, and Ooh, so this I'm might very be ready. I'm very this might ready. be in your wheelhouse, and then you also might pick up some parts of this that I don't know. Okay, this is a bit, a bit outside my wheelhouse, and then also it may give you a research topic for the future. Okay, so it came out of a conversation where I was think, talking about New Mexico, and then I was thinking like, well, Mexico is not that old, so like New Mexico, like when did when did New Mexico start? When did New Mexico start? So yeah. so fun fact, Mexico was founded in 1821. Yeah. New Mexico was so named in 1598. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of caveats to this, and I do know what some of them are, but that is an amazing fact. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a little more complicated than that, but both of those two things are true. Mexico yeah, yeah, yeah. was founded in 1821. That's true. No, no, that's very true. New Mexico was named in 1598. In, in 1598, so yeah. So how did that come to be? <laughs> Please feel free to collaborate with me on this. No, 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 I'm so excited. Like Mexico, America, yeah. uh, history, and like as a Canadian, that's like pretty f- far it's far. It's, my... the, it's the other border. It's, you're not, it's the other you're border. There. Yeah. Um, but... It obviously brings up the question is like, well, how the heck did New Mexico get the name Mexico when like Mexico, as we now know it, came about like centuries hundreds later? Hundreds of years later. Yeah. yeah. Hundreds of years later. So Mexico apparently uh, is from an indigenous word that meant the heartland of the empire of the Mexicas, the Aztec empire. So like like kind of tracing back to uh, Mexico City, uh, which wasn't called that at the time. But um, so that's where the the like term, like like at least it seems like, and of course, with all these things around uh, colonization and, and like that stage of history, there's often lots of like multiple arguments about what the origin of this or that or how exactly things came to be. But it seems like there's consensus that that's where the, the phrase probably came from um and new mexico was this seems more well known that new mexico was called new mexico by spaniards in the 1563 and they called it that before they even got there trying to get people excited to come with them to that there would be wealthy mexica cities that they could trade with in that region so like oh yeah yeah this mexica city like yeah they're rich and whatever but this is played out come with us to new mexico there's going to be a really wealthy wealthy aztec city there that you're going to be able to trade with and it's going to make us all rich and it's going to be great wow yeah yeah Uh, okay incidentally there was in fact not a city there <laughs> I don't think there was anything there. Right? There, I mean, there were there were in, there's, like in, still there's indigenous people in Mexico, that were living there, and they you. had settlements and things, but they were not like they imagined a giant wealthy city in the style of of what Mexico or like the predecessor to Mexico City had been, and and that was like not the case at all. Um, and so apparently that expedition was pretty unsuccessful, but the name New Mexico stuck, um, and so yeah. it was not naming Mexico after Mexico, the country that we think of it as now, but after like Mexico City 
uh, and the people like it's like oh there's a now the mexican city and in that in that context they were talking about the indigenous people uh, that they were trading with and were helping make them wealthy because it was actually a, in this incredible civilization that they had come across and which was they were so lucky to have you know found and obviously the the people were unlucky to have been found um but uh that was the the kind of like origin of the name and how it happened so long ago before they even got there apparently so um and then the like flip of that that i learned that i thought was like like quite kind of weirdly fascinating is like mexico i describe mexico as being founded in 1821 um right. by as the mexican empire at that time when it was yes. its independence which we'll talk uh, about at it, some point yeah, so you can like either like lead off of this or maybe come back to it. Another fun fact: I was kind of surprised that Mexico, like, like they won their independence and then became the Mexican Empire, which is like maybe we've actually mentioned before. But that they their actual name of the of the country even today is the United Mexican States. Right. And they're still yes. not actually Mexico. Like what we refer to them Mexico, they refer to themselves as Mexico. But like the like birth certificate name of the country is actually not Mexico. Still. Yeah. This is actually far more common than probably many people realize. Mm. Many, 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 many countries in the world have names internally that are very different from the name that you, wherever you're living, know them as. And I, I believe, uh, fun fact, Germany has the most different i think we may have even talked about this on the show but germany has the most different names by other countries for germany oh because like over the years various countries have had relationships or whatever with germany and such that they refer to them in a way as opposed to no some country that no. <laughs> no. so um the reason for it is because the german the, the, what we consider germany today which they call deutschland which is the land of the people who speak german sure essentially yeah it, is a grouping of different Proto-Germanic tribes. And depending on which tribe you originally met as a surrounding region, that tends to be the country name that you have today. So some people met the Germania, who was who were a tribe, but some people met the Alemanni, and that's where sure. French names like Alemania come from. And some people meant the Saxma and the Saxa, the Saxons. Ah, and some people met the Saxony. Nemets. And some people met the, you know, there right. were all these different tribes. And so they have all these different modern names. And I mean, there's a bunch of them. It's it's pretty crazy. But like, a, you know, a lot of countries that we know in the U.S. with various names have sometimes extremely different names in their own uh, language. I mean, uh, fun fact Finland to Finnish people is called Suomi, and I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Yeah, I've noticed that before, just in the list of uh, like languages you can switch to, and I was like, you recognize a lot of languages in their own in their own language, but then I was like, what the heck is Suomi? Yeah, and and Hungary is called Magyar, hmm. or something like that. Mag- Magyarojag. I don't even know how. I'm, I'm, apologies to everyone whose languages I am currently butchering. <laughs> But yes, Mexico, getting back to what we were originally talking about, Mexico is officially the United Mexican States. And in fact, uh, at the time that Nuevo Mexico, what you're talking about, New Mexico, was created, Mexico was called New Spain. Mexico was, well, my my sense is that, that like New Spain was a larger area and like what we now call or like what is modern day Mexico is like a subset of like because New Spain yes. went all the well, way down. Yes, yes. New Spain included, you know, California and 
all kinds of places and yeah, yeah. south and north but the part of mexico we call mexico today was was uh was part of was part of new spain and mexico has changed names a bunch of different times basically every time they've had a new government right Mo- modern day mexican independence is either you know you said 1821 they declared independence in 1810 so i think that's what they use right but you know what they called themselves there were like i said there were a bunch of different names at one point it was just called northern america (laughs) (laughs) which i think would be would be great Mm -hmm. but yeah the, the estados unidos mexicanos united mexican states they also sometimes go by Mexican Republic. We'll talk about the actual empire of Mexico at one point, which was very short lived. And I, I keep meaning to do that. It's, it's on my, um, it's on my, my, my list, but, but we will talk about that at some point, but yeah, it is, it is fascinating. The, the orders of these things and, and, and how they, how they come about is, is pretty great. Yeah. It's interesting how many countries have those different, like you say, either official names are either longer or often longer, like very few countries are their full official name is the exact thing we refer to them and in some cases the country is like some of them are really long some of them are really long uh some of them are big enough countries or that we need to distinguish them so like a lot of people are aware that china the actual if you say what is the actual name of china you say oh well it's actually the people's republic of china and the reason we refer to them that way even though everyone knows what you mean when you say china quote unquote but then there's also taiwan which uh, people refer to like China considers part of you know not to get, get into that whole that's there's many interesting <laughs> fun facts around that yes uh, there are uh, but and then the like various like uh, in ways that people may interpret the term China to be very clear when people say People's Republic of China is what when we normally would commonly think of as the country called China and there's other like various interesting ones like I I love the Brunei uh, the full name official name of that country is nation of brunei the adobe of peace yeah the, the abode of peace but the yes. abode of peace <laughs> i wish it was the adobe of peace <laughs> they sell very featureful photo editing ads. <laughs> the uh the we mentioned earlier in the episode the the formerly existing republic of venice yes but the actual name of the republic of venice was the serene republic the most serene republic of venice mm, this is now getting into like i mean non-coincidentally probably how like royalty will often like give themselves a whole bunch of titles yeah you know like like slayer of dragons blah blah blah, blah. like this is kind of that it's like we get to make our own name like why not like give ourselves some positive adjectives well, i mean we're clearly the most serene republic the most serene I nobody mean, is nearly as serene as us oh they're not even the only ones that have used that there's multiple most serene. There, yeah. So, there was, <laughs> so currently, the there's the mo- much serene Republic of San Marino. Okay. That still exists. Well, I mean, they're much serene, but they're, they're not, not the most. most. They're, like they're just top five much. in serenity. But historically, there was the the most serene Republic of Venice. There was the most serene Republic of Genoa. There was the much serene Republic of Lucca. And the much serene Commonwealth of Poland. Huh. Yeah. Which was a Polish-Lithuanian dual state. So wait, so there's a few much serene, but was there any other most serene, or is the most serene like well, everyone it, agrees? It, it looks like most and much are both different translations of the same thing, actually, now that ah. I'm seeing it. Because this Republic of Venice, I'm seeing both most serene and much serene. So yeah, I don't know. English is pretty weird in how many different variants. Like, I can see how most and much would, like, not all every 
language would have that distinction. Yeah, all of these much serenes are on the most serene Wikipedia page. <laughs> but there's a, there's a Wikipedia page for c- countries who officially declare themselves the most serene. Yeah, and it also links to the Most Serene Republic, which is a Canadian indie rock music group from Milton, Ontario. Oh, so. yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Although, uh-huh. to be clear, they take their name from the Doge of Venice, so it all comes back to... By the way, that was what the uh, the the ruler of the Most Serene Republic of Venice was called, was the Doge, which I always thought was a cool name. Yeah, I mean, he was, like, a little weirded out, but, like, he was just... <laughs> and not very good at spelling, but he was in control, so... He yeah, just... did, did they use Dogecoin as their uh, official currency? Yeah, but, like, mining was a little more challenging back before computers they had to do it all by hand <laughs> by the way speaking of speaking of countries that existed for like way way longer and no one knows about them the the most serene republic of venice existed from 697 to 1797 so <laughs> more than a thousand years yeah, and we're like, Did you know this country existed? Years. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> Maybe it's just us. Maybe we just need a little more. All of our European listeners are like, you two are idiots. Yeah, yeah, obviously. (laughs) Which, to that we say, we know. I mean, I don't even know about all the countries on my continent, and there have been barely any, and they've barely existed for very long. alone all these other continents. Does Canada have a... No, it looks like Canada is just called Canada. Yeah, we were the Dominion of Canada. Which I think is also a great name. Yeah, and you you still still see little references to that. Like uh, one of the like most um, symbolic, notable buildings in Vancouver is the Dominion Building, which was the tallest building in the Dominion at the time in like 1912 or whatever when it was built. Um, And you'll see little references to that. So, but yeah, it's a pretty cool name for. Wait, hold on. How old are you? Me, like 35-ish. Okay, so I'm older than you by a little bit. So I was alive when Canada switched from the Dominion. When Canada Day became Canada Day, it was Dominion Day. Yeah, yeah, because it's like when the Constitution was signed is 1982. 1982, and I was born in 1981. Yeah, I was one of the first Canada uh, legit babies. Yeah, you're a Canada Day baby. Canada Day, I'm a, baby. I'm a Dominion Day baby, although I'm not Canadian. So no. But I think over time you're becoming a little on, honorarily. Canadian I was already a little show. honorary, you know, growing up in so close Washington to Canada. State. But yeah, yeah, for sure. But like Dominion Day is a intense holiday. Canada Day, very nice, light, light holiday. Yeah, Dominion Day seems pretty like you're <laughs> like. But then you think about the etymology of Dominion, and like you've been dominated. Yeah, right. Who is it's dominating? Like, who on Dominion respect Day? To, to to Britain. For thanks for dominating us, mother country. So yeah, oh, okay, wow. I can see why they it wanted to change that. Dominions were semi-independent polities under the British Crown that constituted the British Empire, beginning with Canadian Confederation in 1867. I guess it probably more comes from domain than dominate, but like obviously they're interrelated. For sure, yeah, terms. yeah. 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 Do, you, do you know what the other dominions were? Uh, you can I don't have guess. a pocketbook of all the dominions now. It was it, well, just British dominions. It was Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Newfoundland, South Africa, and the Irish Free State. And the only reason I bring that up is that Newfoundland wasn't part of Canada. Yeah, that it's like 1949 that Newfoundland became an actual Canadian province. For whatever reason, they were. I think they were a separate colony in the way that, like, in the United States, like in the United States, they like just started creating all these colonies. Yeah, they were, that a were lot separate. Of and they're like, yeah, okay, you get a colony, you get a colony. Oh, you want to start a colony? Sure, you have all these colonies. And then in Canada, they're like made Newfoundland, and they're like, you know what? This is too much work. We're just going to make one big ass colony. That's the rest of it. Um, and so that they stopped 
doing that basically. Uh, yeah. But Newfoundland was separate until 1949. I don't, I don't know the yeah. Fun fact: Newfoundland was separate until 1949 and it had its own flag and stuff i believe like so like in the world the world war it would be like canada and newfoundland troops <laughs> right fighting under like organized yeah, yeah, under yeah, yeah, a, yeah, for like, sure unified command i'm sure but that was a yeah and so there's like it's still jokes in canada but like new new fees and newfoundland culture being a little different um and that's partly just because they're like on the extreme eastern side of the country but it's also i think a little bit comes from that historical that they were just a little yeah. bit different the first yeah. newfoundland regiment fought oh that's in world war one yeah i don't know i don't know who fought in world war two but yeah they uh, they did a bunch of stuff there's a whole military history of the dominion of newfoundland during world war ii is probably a fascinating read yeah something that's maybe not entirely so the the province now is like newfoundland and labrador and labrador yeah. like part of what it's a dog like is, right oh wait that's a yeah it's just, they, they basically have the the like island of what we do think of as, as newfoundland and then a dog that they, yeah. kind of, <laughs> they just have just, one dog yeah but it was just like well we have this dog like how is that gonna fit in with the whole country yeah, and so they just like put a tactile well, on there. So 1949. why why is so I asked this because why is Labrador in there? Because I can tell you, you know the country Bosnia, and it, it's technically called Bosnia and Herzegovina. Yeah, but Herzegovina was never a place. What? Like there was never a country of Herzegovina. Like it, it, it just got, it's just a region of Bosnia, and for some reason. It it never had any. It's not even now an actual administrative division, and it never had any actual borders, and it never was a country. And for some reason, when they created modern Bosnia, they just were like, "Nope, we're gonna also call it Herzegovina," even though there's no. I have never been able to figure out. Again, if anyone knows, please let me know. But I've never been able to figure out why it's in the name because it's I mean, not that I spend that much time searching to be honest. But it's it's just like part of it for some reason, and I don't know why. I. Have no idea about that, and that is not quite surprising to me. Yeah, in terms of Labrador, I should know more than I do. But why should you know more about Labrador? It's about as far away from you as it gets. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's pretty far. Like it's, but it's part of Canada, so I feel like it's a thing that I should at least know a little bit about. But what I do know is that Labrador is like a pretty big chunk of land on the like Canadian mainland, like above Quebec there. But it's a very small amount of the population of the province. So like Newfoundland and Labrador is the province, but like almost all the population lives on the like Newfoundland Island part. Oh yeah, like Labrador is a pretty desolate. Like, there's an, a lot there. I, my stepbrother actually lived there for a while at, working at a mine that yeah. was up there uh, in Labrador City there. But there, almost no one in Canada, like very few people in Canada would ever even have known someone who, to have ever been to Labrador. If you visit Newfoundland, you would normally visit, like, the Newfoundland part. Well, two fun facts about Labrador. It, it As you say, it's 71% of the province's area, but only 6% of the population. Right. And then the other thing is the motto of Labrador is our splendid task will soon be fulfilled. (laughs) As in like they've sent us up here for some reason. Just trust us. It'll eventually be worth it. But they're still around now. So I think it's debatable. The the task has not yet been accomplished, but yeah, yeah, we're here for a good reason. Trust Probably visited by Leif Erikson, Labrador. So Um, a lot of good Labrador facts. Yeah, we're going to get some hate mail from Labrador. <laughs> what, are, what are people, what's the demonym for Labradorians? Labradites? Labradoodles? Labra, labra, it's probably not Labradoodles. <laughs> I think it's Labradoodle. But I wish it was. I'd say 80-20, it's Labradoodle. Labradoodle? Okay. Well, unless anyone lets us know otherwise, 
it, we're gonna it's it's labradoodles. I feel like there's a win win. Either we have a listener in Labrador, and then yeah. we get and then we get a new fact. I would believe that we have we have a lot of Canadians, or it stands that they're labradoodles. They're so labradoodles. It's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>